Hello, everyone, and welcome to this bonus episode of Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We ran out of time to ask Police Chief Chuck Lavelle all the questions we had in our main episode of Straight Talk, and he has graciously agreed to join us for this bonus episode. Thanks again for being here. Sure. I wanted to go back to 2020 when you took over as police chief during the protests, and, and you said you always wanted to be a police officer. During the time of the protests, there was a lot of venom that was directed towards police, a lot of hateful things written on buildings. What was that like for you? How tough it was it for you as a police officer, but also as the face for the police bureau? It was very difficult. I remember the day I was walking over to City Hall. Um, there was a press conference and they were announcing that I was going to be taking over as chief and just reading um, the things written on Jersey barriers and buildings on the way over there. And you're like, wow, I'm going to be essentially the face of this at this time. And um, it was uh, it was difficult. And for me, I've always in my heart felt like, hey, this is um, this is the profession I want to do. I want to do it the right way, treat people the right way and um, to get kind of that. Uh, wide arching sentiment that the police were bad, uh, the police were part of the problem, was really, really difficult to, to kind of work through. Do you see that changing? I think it is. Um, I think it's changing now. Um, I think there are a lot of officers who experienced um, a lot of negativity during that time frame who are now starting to see people um, kind of uh, shift to more, hey, we support you. Hey, we're glad you're here. Thanks for sticking it out and not giving up on the city. And that kind of sentiment, I think, is starting to rise and grow right now. You know, since the murder of George Floyd on May 25th, 2020, we've continued, though, to see incidents of police violence across the country. How much do you think has changed when it comes to police reform since then? I think a lot. Um, I think for us, we've been constantly in a state of reform. We've been working with the Department of Justice for probably close to a decade now um, on different reforms. We've made a lot of changes to how we do policing here in Portland. And I think, you know, when you look across the country, um, there's different sizes of agencies, different um, approaches to law enforcement. And I think as time goes on, um, there'll be more of a discussion about, you know, are we better off having some across the board rules throughout the country as far as uh, things that we can all agree on are important and need um, attention like mental health, um, different issues around de-escalation training and, and uh, constitutional policing. So I feel like uh, things have changed. Change is always slow, it seems like, um, slower than people would want it to be. But I think in this profession, um, you have to be open to and adaptable to change. In our main episode of Straight Talk, we talked about staffing and how you're understaffed and how you'd like to have more officers. Probably you'd like to have about 300 more officers. And, and as you know, Mayor Wheeler is the city's police commissioner and his temper sort of bubbled over at one point last summer during a council meeting. And it was during a discussion about the continued increase in crime, the persistent property crime, car theft, street racing. And you brought up staffing levels during that meeting that they weren't adequate. And the mayor used an expletive and said, we need to stop using that message that you don't have enough officers and figure out a better way to address the crisis. I'm just curious, what is your relationship like with the mayor? 
Uh, we have a good working relationship. The mayor is the police commissioner, so he and I naturally meet regularly, work closely together. Um, I was in front of him yesterday in city council for a budget work session. I've got a meeting with him later today. And I think even in that instance, um, if you listen to um, the entirety of what he said, um, he understands the staffing challenges we have and he understands kind of where the bureau is positioned. And I felt like, you know, af after that comment, it did get a lot of attention. But um, I always knew, like, he, he understood the issue, and I think that was a little bit taken out of context. And what happens when the city changes government and we have a city administrator over the bureaus? What is your relationship like with the city then? Are you still working with the mayor? Um, the way the charter well, will be written, as I understand it, is my relationship with the mayor would still be um, the mayor would have the authority to hire and fire the chief. So we would be linked in that way. Although my day-to-day -day work would probably be more with a city manager. Um, right now, uh, the public safety bureaus, the emergency management, um, emergency communications and fire and uh, police are kind of uh, in um, kind of in one, one group under the community safety division. Um, my, my relationship with the mayor is such that we would probably still have this line between the police and the mayor, uh, but I'd still work very closely with the other three public safety bureaus. But it's the mayor that can hire fire, fire you or, yeah. or hire you. So just so people know, you're not an elected official. So what no. happens? Can you stay as long as you want, as long as the mayor wants to keep you on board? Yeah, I serve at the behest of the mayor, so... Uh, and how long do you want to stay? Any idea? You know, I, I don't know. I, I literally really take it one day at a time. Um, I came into this almost literally overnight. And if you would have asked me three and a half or three years ago if I would be doing this for three years, I would have said there's no way. <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's some things that uh, I still want to get done that I think are important, important conversations that are going on. Um, I do have a considerable amount of time before I'm eligible to retire, too. So, you know, I just take it, uh, take it one day at a time. I'm not the, the type of person that it's like, I have to be the chief or have to be in charge or, you know, the rank piece is important. No matter what I do or where I'm at, I'm still going to be serving the public. So. And one thing we didn't get to talk about, which I really wanted to talk about in the main episode, is you're a doting grandpa. Yes. Uh, tell me about yes, that yes. and that role in your life. Yeah, being a grandparent, best thing ever. Um, and it's fun. It's just really uh, great to, to be able to kind of unwind from work, spend time with uh, I have a granddaughter. She's two. Her name's Lillian. And uh, we get to spend time together, play. And it's just, uh, it's just kind of a, a great uh, release from work. You get to spend time with uh, someone that brings you a lot of joy. How has she changed your view of the world and what you do? Uh, you know, I don't know. For me, it's just a, a great escape. And kids are so honest. You get to play <laughs> and do things. And um, it's just the simplicity of it is what I love. Like uh, the other day, she was at the house and it had snowed. And, you know, like in my course of my regular day, people ask a lot of you, hey, I need you to do this, figure this out. Why can't you do this or this? And she says, I want to go in the snow. And it's like, that's simple and easy. Let's go <laughs> okay, out and we walk can do in the that. snow. And it's just that kind of simplicity of children that, that's... Uh, so enjoyable. Well, Chief, I agree with you. I'm a grandma, and I think being a grandparent is the best thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this bonus episode of Straight Talk. Really yeah. a pleasure thank to you have you on me. the show. Thank yes. you so much. Thank and you. thank you for watching. Have a great week.